everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Dazon Digest. I'm April Dyer, a liaison clinical pharmacist with Dazon, and I will be your host for today's episode. The title of this episode is Antibiotic Spectrum Scores, and we will be discussing an article recently accepted for publication in Clinical Infectious Diseases, written by Dan Ilgis and colleagues, entitled A Broad Spectrum of Possibilities, Spectrum Scores as a Unifying Metric of Antibiotic Utilization. We are sharing this episode on Friday, May 26, 2023. If you are a Dazon Network Hospital, you're probably familiar with measuring antibiotic use in days of therapy, or DOT, which is the number of calendar days in which a patient receives an agent, with each agent counted individually. You may also be familiar with using the DOT per 1,000 patient days and benchmarking your hospital's antibiotic use against other community hospitals in our network. While DOT is a common metric, it does not account for the differences in spectrum of activity for antimicrobials. This is important because we often work to steer facilities away from broad-spectrum antibiotic use to more narrow-spectrum use, and DOT alone cannot fully capture the impact of that work. Spectrum scoring is a way to assign numeric values to individual antibiotics to quantify antibiotic spectrum of activity. Spectrum scores, when combined with traditional metrics, may help us see a clearer picture of overall antibiotic utilization. The article we are reviewing today will summarize spectrum scores, discuss the future of spectrum scoring, and apply spectrum scores to data analysis and routine care in the inpatient and outpatient settings. It will also review integrating these scores into the electronic medical record and opportunities for future research. So let's dive in. Antibiotic spectrum is a focus on antimicrobial stewardship, with emphasis on selecting the most narrow spectrum agent that will effectively treat the patient's infection. Stewards think about antibiotic spectrum not only during empiric selection, but also during de-escalation and when performing intravenous to oral conversions. The authors share that DOT per 1,000 days present is the staple metric for antimicrobial stewardship programs, or ASPs, to track and report antibiotic use. Days present are defined as the number of patients present for any portion of each day during a set time period. However, in days on, our preferred metric is DOT per 1,000 patient days, and you may be more familiar with that metric. DOT, despite its broad use, does a good job describing antibiotic utilization, but does not help us compare the spectrum between regimens. The authors point out that a regimen of daptomycin plus miropenem and cefazolam plus metronidazole are both counted as 2-DOT. However, the spectrum of these agents is substantially different. As another example, de-escalation to ceftriaxone plus metronidazole from miropenem would lead to an increase to 2-DOT as opposed to 1-DOT. As you can see from these examples, DOT is useful, but an incomplete way to view antimicrobial use. Now, let's review some of the published spectrum scores and their applications. Spectrum scores assign numeric values to antimicrobials to create a comparison of the broadness or narrowness of each individual agent. It is notable that spectrum scores differ from ordinal scale classifications, such as the ones some of our hospitals used in a previous project looking at de-escalation metrics. The authors identified four unique spectrum scores, which can be found in Table 1 of the article. In the literature, these spectrum scores have been used for a variety of purposes, such as defining de-escalation, contextualizing prescribing patterns, and evaluating the impact of stewardship program interventions. 
The first spectrum score was developed by Madras Kelly in 2014, and it was called the Madras Kelly Spectrum Score, or MKSS. Its purpose was to detect antibiotic de-escalation events. The MKSS was refined to a sensitivity to detect antibiotic de-escalation events of 96.2% and a specificity of 93.6% as compared to expert assessment. MKSS has been used to look at de-escalation of healthcare-associated pneumonia in the VA medical center population and to describe broadness of antibacterial coverage in sepsis patients. The second spectrum score was developed in 2017 by Gerber and colleagues and is called the Antibiotic Spectrum Index, or ASI. The team used it to measure the impact of a stewardship intervention aimed at increasing the use of narrow-spectrum agents over broader-spectrum agents in pediatric patients with community-acquired pneumonia. The study saw a notable increase in ASI, but overall DOT per 1,000 patient days remained consistent. Mike Yarrington and a team from Duke also used the ASI to apply spectrum scores to over 50,000 patient admissions and look at the relationship between order time, order location, and the spectrum of selected empiric regimen. Their findings indicated that broader antibiotic choices were prescribed in ICUs as compared to medical wards and on night and weekend shifts as compared to day and weekday shifts. This study helped identify potential areas of intervention for the stewardship team. A modified version of the ASI was developed in 2021 to include a point category for CRE, which added additional agents and some changes to the grading system for select antibiotics. This modified ASI was used to assess a large group of patients with nosocomial pneumonia. Use changes in ASI on day four were compared to day two to identify antibiotic de-escalations by a reduction in spectrum score. There was a difference in composite treatment failure among the two populations. However, patients who were de-escalated were more likely to develop Clostridium difficile infections. Another study used the same patient cohort to look at de-escalation, which was defined as stopping coverage for MRSA or Pseudomonas aeruginosa. Finally, the most recent spectrum score was developed by Keiichi and colleagues who developed the antibiotic spectrum coverage, or ASC score. This ASC score was inspired by the ASI, but included 77 agents instead of 50, and also had organism weighting categories. Notable changes were that they dropped the MDRO weight and added categories for non-penicillin-resistant streptococci, Acinetobacter pulmonii, and CRE. A sum of the daily ASC was used to develop a novel metric, Days of Antibiotic Coverage Spectrum, or DASC. When they compared the DASC over DOT, to the DOT per 1,000 days present. They found little correlation using the Spearman rank correlation test. This indicated that DOT per 1,000 days present alone provides an incomplete picture of antibiotic utilization. Suzuki and colleagues evaluated the impact of an antimicrobial stewardship program from a single center cohort by applying the DASC. They noted a significant downward trend in DASC over DOT without a notable change in overall DOT per 1,000 patient days present. They noted a significant downward trend in DASC over DOT without a notable change in overall DOT per 1,000 days present. This indicated that spectrum scores are useful for evaluating outcomes related to antimicrobial consumption. Next, this paper discusses some of the nuances of published spectrum scoring systems. Published scores can vary in specific organisms or organism groups used to assign scores to each agent, 
and differ in the relative ranking of different agents. The MKSS takes out overlapping coverage when calculating scores for multi-drug regimens. But the ASI and related scoring systems sum the scores of the individual agents. It's important to account for the relative ranks of individual agents and combinations of agents when applying a spectrum score to a patient scenario. For example, if a patient switched from piperacillin tazobactam to meropenem, the MKSS would call this de-escalation, but the change would be an escalation with other scoring systems. MKSS differs from the other scores in that it was validated using a modified Delphi process. However, it may not be as broadly applicable due to its reliance on local susceptibility data and complexity of calculating spectrum scores of combination regimens. If you wish to see all of these differences between the spectrum scores, please refer to Table 1 and Table 2 of the manuscript. While spectrum scores are useful, their lack of standardization makes it difficult to interpret and apply the published scores. The details about all scoring systems are not published, and there have been questions regarding decisions related to published systems. The details about all scoring systems are not published, and there have been questions regarding decisions related to the systems that are published. Some examples the authors of this manuscript point out include questions as to why the ASC authors credited gentamicin with covering staph aureus, but didn't credit cefiterocol for CRE coverage. There are also questions we pose regarding how to best handle non-systemic antibiotics, such as inhaled tobramycin, or agents that have limited indications due to their pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic properties, such as nitrofurantoin. Agents to treat mycobacterial infections, such as rifampin, rifabutin, ethambutol, isoniazid, etc., are treated differently by the published scoring systems. It is also important to discuss how to normalize spectrum score data. The ASC authors use the strategy of using a DOT denominator. While DOT is familiar and readily available, it does have limitations as a denominator. It can effectively describe the spectrum of individual agents, but it may overinflate the impact of switches from broad spectrum single agent regimens to multi agent narrow spectrum regimens. Instead, the authors of this study recommend normalization to patient antibiotic days, or PAD which is defined as the number of days that a patient receives at least one antibiotic. The DASC over PAD metric would reveal the cumulative spectrum score for antibiotic regimens as opposed to antibiotic agents. In the original ASI paper, Gerber and colleagues used ASI over PAD to look at the impact of their intervention on spectrum over time. The ASI over PAD metric can be applied on the unit or department level to individual prescribers, and to hospitals or hospital systems to see who has the broadest or narrowest spectrum regimens. When this metric is used along with DOT per 1,000 days present, scalable quantification of antibiotic use using spectrum scores provides ASPs with a tool to look at opportunities to make actionable interventions and optimize patient outcomes. Now, let's discuss the future of antibiotic spectrum scores. This is a section of the paper that I found particularly exciting. As we discussed previously, spectrum scores have limitations, such as a lack of heterogeneity and a lack of consensus on the best normalization denominator. However, they also have huge potential. Prospective audit and feedback is the bread and butter of many stewardship programs and a great strategy to impact antibiotic prescribing in real time. One of its challenges can be that it's difficult to review all patients on antibiotics. Therefore, programs often decide to perform audit and feedback on high-cost or restricted antibiotics. 
If antibiotic spectrum scores for patients were readily available, they could use them to target patients on broad-spectrum antibiotics and combination regimens with high-spectrum scores for potential de-escalation interventions. This approach could allow earlier interventions on patients with the broadest spectrum of therapy regimens. The prospective audit and feedback using spectrum scores could also be modified to target inappropriate prescribing for syndromes. For severe community-acquired pneumonia, current guidelines suggest empiric therapy with a beta-lactam plus macrolide, or a fluoroquinolone, which would have spectrum scores using ASC of 12 to 13. If the system were set up to flag patients with CAP and scores 14 or higher for feedback, it would be easier to identify patients with potentially unnecessary broader spectrum therapy, such as anti-MRSA agent therapy, anti-anaerobic coverage, or gram-negative double therapy. Any steward who has done prospective audit and feedback knows that it is resource intensive, especially if you're trying to do this across a large health system for all patients on antibiotics or with limited stewardship resources. Artificial intelligence, or AI, could help with this challenge. After all, AI has already been used to predict carbapenem resistance or which patients may need ASP interventions based on historical data. Instead of looking at historical data, this AI model could be trained on the outcome of antibiotic de-escalation so that patients who are identified as potential candidates are presented for audit. This would optimize the steward's ability to perform audit and feedback that was impactful. Future research could also look at cumulative DASC calculated annually or over a patient's lifetime to see its impact on the development of CDI, drug-resistant infections, microbiome disruption, and antimicrobial toxicities. A cumulative DASC could also be used to make real-time decisions about a patient's risk for multidrug-resistant organisms. The authors give the example that if patient A had a 12-month cumulative DASC of 1,000 and patient B had a score of zero, it may be reasonable to consider the potential for drug-resistant pathogens in patient A. Also, perhaps patient A's risk of CDI is also higher. One study looked at the retrospective application of spectrum scores to explore the relationship between DASC and CDI, and they found that when looking at seven-day courses of antibiotics with similar indications, those with higher DASC scores resulted in more CDI than those with lower scores. Durations of therapy also impacted risk and point to the utility of cumulative DASC. Also, spectrum score use doesn't have to be limited to the hospital. We can take it to the ambulatory setting where standardized metrics are needed to quantify antibiotic use. It could be useful to apply to scenarios where patients are commonly prescribed antibiotics. One study looked at ASI over PAD for COVID-19 patients who received antibiotics in inpatient as opposed to outpatient settings and found a lower rate and narrower spectrum of use in outpatients. Spectrum scores may have utility to find prescribers, clinics, or specialties who are outliers in the broad-spectrum agent use for specific syndromes. Spectrum scores have not been used in OPAC. OPEC typically occurs in three different settings, home infusion, infusion therapy clinics, and infusion in a skilled nursing facility. Therapy selection in OPAC is often impacted by other factors, such as ease of administration and patient convenience. OPAC could present a unique challenge for the implementation of spectrum scores, since the model may need to be tailored to the OPAC model of care. However, spectrum score use in OPAC could identify program-specific trends in agent spectrum and be used as a quality metric for stewardship. 
Spectrum scoring is not without its limitations. While the scores are able to account for spectrum, they cannot account for differences in pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic properties of drugs. Scoring systems currently in place use clinically important organisms and organism groups, but the weights may not be correlated to the impact on vital gut flora or the possibility of antibiotic toxicity. Spectrum scores are created to emphasize de-escalation and not patient safety, which is important to keep in mind. In the future, development of a toxicity score could be useful in combination with spectrum scores to evaluate the potential harm between seemingly similar spectrum regimens. Also, we need a method to account for overlapping spectrum of activity. Current scores look only at antibacterial agents, and scores for antiviral and antifungal agents could also be useful. Even with these limitations, spectrum scores are a useful tool for describing antibiotic use and have lots of utility. We need a score that's universally accepted to ensure generalizability and sound results. An ideal score would be intuitive, easy to apply, consistent with our general understanding of the drug spectrum of activity, and correlated with clinical outcome data. Ideally, we would only include systemically administered agents and avoid non-systemic routes of administration. In order to achieve a standardized score, we would likely need professional societies and regulatory agencies to endorse one. In conclusion, antibiotic spectrum scoring is a great opportunity that is not often used in prescribing data. There are several antibiotic spectrum scores, but they lack heterogeneity, which limits their widespread use. In the future, we believe spectrum scores will be more widely used for clinical research, prospective audit and feedback workflow, and outpatient stewardship efforts. Once the metric is refined, its widespread use is needed within the prescribing data. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of the Days on Digest. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to take a deeper dive into antibiotic spectrum scores, don't forget to check out the tables in this article and our September 2022 Days on newsletter on this topic that is entitled, The Search for More Meaningful Metrics, A Look at Antibiotic Spectrum Scores. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. 